This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Kim Grenolds of Dogman.com with Scott Eklund. We are running podcasts for each and every position post-spring. Again, we'll be writing written reviews as well. But when we do the podcast, we can go a little bit more in-depth, add a little bit more context. And again, we'll be doing this for each and every position. Along the uh, offensive line today will be our focus. And let's just start right up front, Scott, with the center position and They've got a bigger center this year and a guy who's got quite a bit of experience. And it just seems to me that they just kind of groom a guy and they have a guy just to bounce right into that position. And they have one in Mateo Mele. Well, we've seen that basically Nick Harris transferred to, you know, came in and played the position for a couple of years. And then you had um, Luke Wattenberg take it over for two years. And then you t- then you had Corey Luciano last year, and now you have Matteo Mele, and one has just kind of stepped right in right after the other yeah, one, they like you said. Cole, Coleman Shelton as well. Yeah, Coleman Shelton, who had who had done it for uh, two seasons as well. So yeah, I mean Washington's been pretty consistent in the pivot, and um, I think they I think one of the things that Scott Huff, you know, Scott Huff is a former center. And he's looking for a guy who can control the offensive line, who can be the leader of that group, uh, get everybody lined up, make the calls and do all those different things. And um, I think he feels pretty comfortable that Mateo Mele is going to be that guy, although he's going to be pushed by a couple guys behind him. Yeah, Mateo Mele, senior. Is he a fifth-year or a sixth-year senior? Do you remember? He, he is a fourth-year junior, I believe. Um now, now that you ask me, I should have had that pulled up. Uh, he is a where the heck is he on the on the list? I'm not even seeing him on the on the list right now. Uh, I believe he's only a junior. I think he has one more season. So, yeah. No, he is a senior. He's a six year senior. Okay. Six year senior. But a uh, different, little bit different body type. He's kind of got that long waist going, but uh, he's all of six six, three hundred pounds. Uh, smart guy. Uh, yeah. I think they're in pretty good shape at center uh, right now with Mateo Mele. How would you compare him? You know, uh, rank him with uh, Shelton and Luciano and Harris and uh, Wattenberg. Yeah, how would you compare him to those guys? Well, you know, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, Kim. When Corey Luciano got won the starting gig, I was a little nervous because the last time we had really seen him take a lot of snaps was in that in spring ball of 2021 when he was snapping it on the ground, dribbling it back to the quarterback or snapping it over his head. So, yeah. you know, I mean, at, at this point, I think they're ahead of the game because he's he started at he started one game at that position and he played it a lot last year. And I, I don't know, I. I don't know what is it two or three uh, series per game 
that he would come in for right. uh, Corey Luciano and and play. And and I thought he played pretty well. There wasn't much of a drop off. The coaches have kind of said the same thing. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. It, it, all of them are kind of different. You know, I, I mean, if you want to go from a strictly a height standpoint, he's he and Luke Wattenberg are pretty close in, to the same size. Luke Wattenberg was a, about 6'5", 290, 295. And um, Mateo is 6'6", 295, 300. So I think you're kind of looking at the same body style there. Coleman Shelton was a bigger guy, too. Uh, Nick Harris was was small. And Corey Luciano wasn't the biggest guy in the world either. So, um, you know, they're all kind of different in what they do. Um, Mateo Mele should be pretty darn good in in pass pro because he was a he was a tackle in high school. He was groomed to be a, a right tackle here at the University of Washington. And uh, I think they just felt fit, feel much better about him moving inside using his smarts and and what he's able to do against some of the bigger guys. So we'll we'll have to see. But um, I think this is a natural fit for Washington. They're going to have him, and then they're then they're going to be able to go to two youngsters. That that that's going to be an interesting battle here over the next couple of years. Yeah, just real quick, the other thing that's unique about Melee, and it seems to be the other guys as well. Melee's played, um, you know, guard, tackle, and center, so he's played all the position, and he needs to make out those line calls with. Um, you know, Wattenberg, he played – did Luke play tackle at all, or was he strictly – He did. In his, he did. He played left tackle a couple times as, yeah. as a fill-in. Yeah. And played guard. But I, I guess the – the if you're going to be a center, it just seems like you need to start off playing tackle and guard. But, you know, when you take a look at the backups, the next guy probably in line in the number two is not a real big guy, but Parker Brailsford is a guy that uh, Coach DeBoer made sure to go out of his way to mention as a guy who really impressed this year. Yeah, 6'2", 270 pounds. So he's not the biggest guy in the world, like you said, Kim, but, um, you know, strong, uh, has really good technique, and the coaches love him. And, and um, from what I was told by some people behind the scenes, he graded out as one of the best offensive linemen during the spring. And so, you know, that's something to to keep in mind when you're when you're talking about if there's an injury, if we talk about, you know, one of the tackles going down with Mateo Mele having an, ex- an experience out out at tackle, you could see Parker Brailsford be, you know, the guy that they that they choose to put in the pivot and and move Mateo Mele out to one of the tackle spots. So there's a lot of interchangeable uh, parts along the offensive line. Like we've seen basically since, I mean, I, over the last decade or two, you know, that, that they want to get as many guys playing as many different positions. So they have that position versatility. Anyway, back to Parker Brailsford played uh, tackle and center at uh, Saguaro high school down there in, um, in uh, Arizona and uh, was a really good offensive line prospect coming out of high school. He came in early, um, was actually supposed to room with Jeremy Bernard. Jeremy Bernard bolted last year and then uh, um, ended up now he's back on the team. But uh, Parker basically was the only guy in early last year. And I think that uh, time that he got last year in spring was really able to help him elevate his game. And and now he's been in the program for over a year, and that really helped him uh, to take that next step, I think. Yeah, and the freshman coming in, he's already here in the spring, is uh, Landon Hatchett. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny. Was it um, Greg Biggins who said, what's a true center? You know, but uh, mm-hmm. Landon Hatchett is a guy that uh, I think that has a bright future at center as well. If there's a definition of a true center, his picture is next to it. You know, I mean, he's he's kind of that guy. He's he's uh, you know, I don't want to say he's a fire plug because he's actually a little bit 
taller and bigger than uh, Parker Brailsford, but he isn't much bigger. He's about 6'3", and he's 300 pounds, uh, 6'2", 300 pounds. So, you know, he's a big guy. He's He's uh, got a lot of strength, a lot of lower body strength, natural lower body strength. He's a, he's a driver. He can just drive guys off of the ball. He's been doing that since he was a freshman in high school when he was playing with his brother right next to him, Garen Hatchett, who we're going to talk about here in a few minutes on when we talk about the guards. But, you know, Landon, I thought, looked pretty good in, in the spring. I mean, especially for a guy who should be still um, in high school and going to his senior prom. You know, he's he's a guy who came came and decided to come in early, and, and uh, I think that's only going to benefit him and Washington down the road. Coolest hair on the offensive line? <laughs> well, coolest hair on the team. I mean, I guess, you know, he's got that. Uh, he's going to be able to get, uh, well, who, who's the one, the head and shoulders commercial that uh, um, Troy Palomau <laughs> did yeah. and everything like that. He's going to be able to get one of those endorsements. Yeah, he's got the blonde flock, uh, flowing locks yeah. going. So yeah. I don't know if you want to call it Trey Adams or John Bon Jovi, but uh, he's got a little bit of that rocking. But, yep. you know, when we take a look at the and guards. A beard. And any yeah. <laughs> any he, he can hit home runs, but yes, he can. Yeah, you know, kind of this a surprise to me a little bit um, for this spring ball was Julius Bulow. Not so much because of his play, but when I've dealt with Julius in the past, he's just a really nice kid. He's the meanest guy in the offensive line. It sure appears he's developed a nasty streak that I wasn't aware he had. Yeah, um, he gotten several you know, scuffles during spring ball this year and uh, didn't shy away from, from getting in it with defensive backs as well as defensive linemen and linebackers. So uh, he kind of, you know, but Kim, I mean, my surprise was his play and um, you know, he, he was inserted at left uh, left guard to start spring football. That's the same spot that he won coming out of fall camp in 2021, but then he lost confidence. You know, uh, offensive line coach Scott Huff basically said he lost a ton of confidence. And after five games, we just didn't feel like he was confident enough to get the job done. And so we we moved him to a backup role, let him kind of watch things and learn, learn a little bit. He was in a backup role last season, but more as a tackle than he was at guard. But he's back at left guard this year, and I thought he's he did a heck of a job during the spring. I thought he was one of the guys – who really took that next step or two in his development. It's going to, you know, I don't know if he's completely going to replace Jackson Kirkland, but I think you can uh, say that he stepped into those shoes and they're not too big for him. A little more athletic than Jackson is what I'm hearing from Scott Huff in kind of a roundabout way. Uh, he's able to pull better, but uh, uh, you know, I really like what we saw of Julius Bulow and is he the biggest guy on the team? Yeah, I'd say he's the biggest guy. He's six eight. He's I don't know three hundred and 20. at one point he was like three hundred and forty pounds. Uh, they've got him listed at three ten now. So and and he has reshaped his body quite a bit. And you know I I talked to him during the spring and he basically said he said you know I it was hard for me because I'd never had I'd I'd never not had success at football since I've been playing peewee football. And so for me not to have success, it was just a really weird thing and it was humbling, but I learned from it and I feel like I've grown because of it. And it's, it's pushed me to get better at every little thing that I do. Nick Colapo, 6'6", 323 pounds out of Rainier Beach. And he was another one of those kids that um, I thought was just a really nice kid coming into the program, really smart kid. And uh, 
He's also developed a little bit of a nasty streak, and he'll be the starter at right guard. Well, I mean, that's what we're projecting, yeah. Heading into fall camp, he's he's going to be the first team right guard when they step on that field that first time. Um, like you said, 6'6", 323 pounds, has really reshaped his body. He was he was just kind of a big, uh, big quiet uh, guy uh, coming out of high school. Um, had a lot of athleticism and a lot of potential, but you just didn't know where it was going to go. And I think he was a little frustrated that he didn't get to play earlier, that he that he didn't have a chance. And then when he got the chance, I thought he acquitted himself very well last year in the first three games of the season when Jackson was sitting out as he was uh, recovering from his injury and everything. And and I thought Nate Kaleppo, uh did a heck of a job at left guard, but then he had to take a back seat. And I don't think he was real thrilled with that. And I don't have a problem with that. Um, you know, you want a guy who competes and, and wants that starting job and thinks he's earned it and he's going to go out and prove you wrong. And that's what he's done all off season. And, and, uh, I feel like he's put himself in a good spot to be the starter come, uh, September 2nd when they take on Boise state. The switch flipped with both him and Bulo. Would that be fair to say? Uh, you know, I, I think the switch had already flipped with Nate Kaleppa, but definitely with Julius Bulo over the off season. I, I see a completely different player than I saw. Uh, in 2021 and 2022. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Guard Memolar and Garen Hatchett are, will be your first two off the bench, and you, at they guard, can do a, at guard, yeah, yeah, you know, and then they can they could flip, you know, if they brought the, if they had a guy go down, they could bring one of those guys in at guard, and either one of the guys that they've got at guard right now that they can put out to tackle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like like we said earlier, you know, Scott Huff just likes that position versatility. I am not completely sold that Sam Peacock and Robert Worsh would be guys that they would bring off of the bench uh, right. if if one of the tackles. I think it would be uh, – I mean, they even had Parker Brailsford and Garen Hatchett both working out at tackle uh, this this spring as well. So, um, But when it go, comes to Gar Memelar and Garen Hatchett, they're kind of mirror images of each other. You know, they're about 6'4", 6'5", um, 295, 200, 300 pounds, somewhere in that range. Um, you know, they, they got their same style of player. Um, they're really good as run blockers. They're got, they've gotten better as pass blockers. And, and the coaches have said, I mean, Garen Hatchett suited up in the jumbo packages, Kim. And wore, what did he wear, 99, 98, whatever yeah. his number was, and uh, played a lot last year. And I think that experience really bolstered his confidence. And I think Nate Kaleppo, because right now he's backing up right guard, and I think Nate Kaleppo is going to ha- have to bring his A game. And I think he will, but I think Nate Kaleppo is going to have to bring his A game because Garen Hatchett's right on his heels. Yeah, when we go out to the tackles, they've got two. They're not penciled in. They're written in him, Sharpie and uh, Troy Fatanu and Roger Rosengarten. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know Rosengarten, I I've just been so uh, happy with. I didn't I didn't think that we'd see what we saw last year as quickly as we did because he was only a he's only a you know third year player in the system, and um, you know we had seen him just get eaten alive in spring ball and fall camp by by the defensive end and edges and all that. And uh, you know I thought he played very well as the season went on. You know obviously there were some 
you know, beginning of the season jitters for him. But I, I thought he was rock solid at right guard or right tackle last year. Protected Michael uh, Penix's backside, you know, uh, blindside. And uh, I, I, I don't think you could ask for a better season from him. Now he needs to take that next step. If he does, he's going to be in the NFL in 2024. If he doesn't, I think he the Huskies get one more year out of him. And uh, I think he's going to be fun to watch develop here over the next 12 months or, you know, eight months or so. Roger Rosengarten, just remind people, he was a pretty highly touted guy coming out Absolutely. of Highland Ranch, Colorado. That was a big get. Yeah, he was. He was a big time guy. And uh, it's Valor Christian where he went. That's the school that produces a ton of talent out of the state of Colorado. And, um, you know, he was down to Washington and Oregon. He really loved Washington. Then he took a visit to Oregon and basically commit. I, I don't think he actually told them I'm coming. But I think he basically said, you know, unless something weird happens, I'm coming to your school. And so um, then Washington gets him up for one last visit and they completely flip him around. And and that showed that Scott Huff could go up against anybody and and pull him in. And I remember that was the first crystal ball I ever put in, Kim. And <laughs> yes, first one I ever put in and everybody was putting Roger Rosengarten at Oregon. And then he took his visit to Washington and I'm the only one that put it in at least right away. I mean, I think some other guys changed it later on, but I did it and I go, I'm just taking a chance, guys. I, I just, I, there's just something that I've, I'm hearing and, and feeling from it that I think he's coming to UW and he ended up doing that. And, and you know what we can, you know, I, I'm not a Mario Cristobal fan. I think he's a meathead. I, I think he's kind of a jerk the way he treated Washington and what he did. But that being said, that guy can recruit offensive linemen. And so for Scott Huff to go in and beat Mario Cristobal and uh, what is Alex Mirabal, I think was his offensive line coach. He's another really good offensive line coach and recruiter. And for him, for Scott Huff to go in and beat those guys, I, I think that really showed off Scott Huff's uh, recruiting chops in that in that recruiting battle. The other tackle of Troy Fautanu. And the funny thing is, the minute Troy set foot on the campus, he wasn't playing right away, but we just kept on hearing. Troy Fautana. That was a guy we just kept on yep. hearing about. Well, I remember uh, Cooper Patania. You know, we we've heard from him several times, but I remember um, when he was when when Fautanu signed. You know, I talked to Cooper off to the side a little bit, and he goes, "What people don't understand is that guy can play anywhere on the offensive line." And he goes, "He's only six four, so we don't throw out a lot of guys six four at at uh, tackle. Usually they're six six or or taller." But he said he's got such long arms. He he's like a I want to say he was like a plus twelve athlete. He's got like eighty six inch arms, like a wingspan, long arms, <clears throat> really good feet, and uh, just plays with the kind of demeanor that you really like. You know, the only game I remember seeing him struggle in last year was the uh, UCLA game, and that was when Leatu Latu kind of got the best of him there for a little bit in that game. But overall, I thought Troy Tanu had a great. Uh, first season as a regular starter at left tackle. And uh, it's going to be fun watching him this year. And, uh, you know, he does have a season left of eligibility if he wants to come back. But he and Rosengarten, if they have big seasons, I would not be surprised to see both of those guys uh, enter the NFL draft next year. Yeah, the backups at tackle um, would be Robert Wersch and Sam Peacock. 
I don't think that they're going to be first off the bench at tackle. I think they would move one of the guards over there. Yeah. But both of those guys were kind of taken as project guys, and we knew that they would take a little bit longer to develop yeah. than some of the other guys. I don't think they're quite there yet. But if they can get some meaningful playing time in this year, it will pay huge dividends for next year. Yeah, if they can get them in um, as, you know, like in hopefully get out to Leeds against Boise State, against uh, – Who's their other one? Is it San Jose State? Is it Tulsa? Tulsa, Tulsa. Yeah, that's right. So if they can get leads and 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 maybe put those guys in for that, and heck, even the way Michigan State's going right now, <laughs> they might have a chance to to play some backups later in that game too. But um, you know, I I think those guys definitely need reps. You know, you watch them and they just don't look ready yet at all. Like you said, Cam and. I talked to Scott Huff and he said, you know, those guys have continued to make progress, but yeah, he goes, they, they, they still have a lot of work to do and they, they've done a good job in the weight room. They've done a good job reshaping their bodies and the things, you know, he talks about those things, but you know, as far as picking up blitz and stunts and, and doing all the things that they need to do, Washington still has a lot of, uh, um, or those guys still have a lot of work to do in order to gain the faith of the coaching staff so that they can put them in. You know, one of the guys that came in early from the last year's rec- uh, recruiting class is Zach Hanning. He should still be in high school, 6'5", yeah. uh, 290 pounds, and he's also out of Colorado, out of Centennial in Grandview High School. But uh, um, he had some moments. He really he had good. some moments. Yeah. He looked really good. Um, you know, it's obvious that he needs to add some size and bulk to his frame and everything, but, man, he looked great. Um, I could see him as a guard. I could see him as a right tackle. I could see him as a lot of different things along this offensive line. He's a smart kid. He works hard. He's a grinder. Um, you know, he was out there doing some extra blocking at times. And and uh, just it was, you know, the, the, he was a guy that was he was the lowest rated guy on Washington's um, uh, in the, in their class by 2020 uh, by 247. And so, you know, you know, I don't think a lot of people expected very much from him, but he looks like he's got a future. Um, and, and a very bright future at the University of Washington if he progresses like we think he can. They took five offensive linemen in that um, 2023 class. One showed up in Zach Hanning, but no, got, well, and and Landon Hatchet. Yeah, they've got they've got four more coming in. No, three more. Three more. Three more. Okay. Yep. Landon Hatchet and and Zach Hanning were the two that enrolled early, and then you have uh, um, the guys that you have coming in are Sawane Faasolo, Elisha Jaquette. And Kale uh, Tafai. So Najiket was up here uh, for a little bit, and you just looked at him and you go, "Okay, who is that? He's put mm-hmm. together, and he's going to put on 25, 30 pounds easily." But he yeah. looks like a dude. He absolutely looks like a dude. You know the scary thing, Kim. So Wane Faasolo is six eight two eighty, and Kale Tafai is six six three hundred. Yeah, they got Those big. Are- they got big kids coming in. So so that's going to be fun when those guys finally end up lining up. Uh, Fa Solo isn't, isn't a big talker. He just grinds on you. Kale Tafai uh, is probably – Fa Solo is probably projected as a as a uh, tackle. Uh, same with Jaquette. And then uh, Kale Tafai, Kali Tafai, he's a, he's a guy who could play guard or tackle, but he's probably going to be a guard once he gets to the University of Washington. And all these guys just grind and get after you on the football field. Jaquette looks like a power forward. 
Yes, he does. He looks like he could go out and play basketball. And and like you said, Kim, 20 to 30 pounds relatively easily for him. 6'7", he moves really well. His future is the NFL. He's a future first-round NFL draft pick if he develops into the guy that we all think he can. Imagine what Maurice Lucas looks like, and he's that's that's what he looks like yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, good-looking kid. The one guy that we haven't talked about is a guy who entered the transfer portal, as expected. We've been expecting this for quite some time. Uh, Miles Morale, who was a highly touted guy coming out of high school. We expected him to be a center. Just never clicked with him. Yeah, it didn't. And I think, you know, he was a guy who was really impacted by the um, by the pandemic because he was a 2020 kid. So he was supposed to enroll uh, early at the University of Washington. The pandemic hits. Nobody enrolls early. There's no spring ball. There's no fall camp. And he being from a um, relatively lower end um on the economic scale family uh, household. He didn't have anywhere to work out. Couldn't go running. Uh, He he was in the middle of LA where they wouldn't even let you outside to go to the park and go jog or anything like that. So he ended up putting on a lot of bad weight. And then he's worked for the last three years to get that weight off. And Kim, I don't know if you noticed, but I mean, he trimmed down quite a bit. Um, He had lost, I want to say somewhere around 50 pounds. And looked really, really good in spring from a body standpoint. He still had some work to do as as far as technique and strength and all those kind of things. But he had really worked hard. And I, and I honestly, I had I had thought that he was going to go into the portal for a long time. But then when I watched how hard he worked to slim down and all that kind of stuff. And then, um, you know, he's getting a few reps with the twos and things. But he was still behind other guys. And I think that's what it eventually led to was he just wasn't making the progress and he was getting passed up. And I think it, it was just a better move for him to to decide to to enter the portal and and uh, find a new place that can that he can start fresh with a new with a new uh, coaching staff. Yeah. And then I think offensive line is a position that we kind of need to keep an eye on. I wouldn't be surprised if we see some movement along there um, from guys coming in from the portal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think we'll see at least one, very possibly two, but probably just one um, in the uh, in out of the portal for for uh, a summer enrollee. Yep. Yeah. So just keep an eye. Again, we're we're just going to go ahead and review every position along uh, the roster, and we'll do a podcast on that. Again, we can just get a lot more in depth, and we'll also have the written uh, reviews here a little bit uh, later than that. So just keep it right here at Dogman.com for all of us at Dogman.com. I'm Kim Grenolds along with Scott Eckland. Go dogs. <laughs> New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions and you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.